910 Ministries podcast, No Trash, Just Truth, with hosts Chris Paxson and Rose Spiller. At Proverbs 910 Ministries, we are dedicated to taking out the trash of false teaching and replacing it with biblical truth. Welcome back. We have spent the last 15 weeks delving into a lot of false teaching that's being peddled as Christian. And as we've said a few times now at least, we've barely even scratched the surface. So we wanted to end the series on a positive note and give you a phenomenal resource that you can go to if you've got any questions and you need some answers to things about false teaching and you want to find out solid biblical truth that's out there. We are honored and thrilled to have as our guest, Shay Michael Hoodman. Shay is the president and founder of Got Questions Ministries. You guys have all heard us reference gotquestions.org many times. Over the past 20 years, gotquestions.org has grown into one of the most frequently visited Christian websites in the world. They currently average over 13 million visitors a month. In their 20-year history, they have personally answered over 703,000 questions. So if you think you can exhaust questions about the Bible, there's proof that you can't. Right. Shay joins us from Colorado Springs, Colorado, a place that's dear to my heart since our son Zach lives there. Shay and his wife live there and have been married for over 25 years. Her name's Melissa. Shay, welcome. So thank, can you, yeah, thank, thank you so you. much thanks for, for coming me. on. Yeah. So Shay, we are honored to have you, but can you start before we get into the Got Questions ministry, just tell us a little about yourself, how you became a Christian, how you met your wife, what's your theological background, any interesting things you want to tell us? <laughs> okay. So um, I, I'll give you the long story short version of my testimony. I was raised in a home where my mom was a believer and my dad wasn't. So when I was very, when I was little, I was literally dragged to church sometimes. Um, really didn't have any interest in, in it other than my mom forced me to be there. When I, in my teens, uh, my mom stopped dragging us to church because it became physically impossible for her to do so. Um, and so I, what little Christian influence I had really drifted away. But when um, I was turned 16, I had a, one Christian friend who kept inviting me to um, his church's youth group. And kept telling me about how much fun it was and how great the youth pastor was, and I still wasn't interested. And then um, one time, he finally got smart with his invitation. He's like, "So Shay, there's several um, really cute girls in the youth group." And <laughs> like many other young men, that was the key that got me to go to the youth group. And then I found everything else he said was true. And um, the youth pastor really started to take me under his wing and disciple me. And I remember. I know I've had the gospel shared with me multiple times in my life, and I don't know for sure. There's a slight possibility I trusted in Christ when I was young. But I remember one night after youth group where our youth pastor just presented the gospel very, very clearly that I truly understood my status as a sinner, that only Jesus could save me, that he had died on the cross to pay the full penalty for my sins, and that if I just trusted in him, relying on his sacrifice alone and his resurrection as proof that is death was sufficient that I could be saved. And so I know at that point I trusted in Christ. It may have been earlier in my life, 
But at that point, I know for sure I understood and had fully embraced the gospel. Um, so then discipleship began, the youth pastor, a few other people really started speaking to my life and helped me. And eventually, again, long story short, became convinced that God was calling me into some sort of full-time ministry. So I went to Bible college, really not knowing what I wanted to do. Graduated from Calvary Bible College, which is now Calvary University in Kansas City, and then Calvary Theological Seminary, also in Kansas City. The whole time, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I took all the, the Bible, all the theology classes. About six months after I graduated, I was serving in a local church as a lay leader, um, was serving in a local ministry. I was the supervisor of the shipping department, so not exactly using my biblical and theological <laughs> training much with the boxes. But um, my wife and Melissa and I just started praying, like, what would be the ministry that would be a perfect fit for me? Um, the internet was, this is like early 2002, late 2001. The internet was just start, really starting to be something that most people had in their homes and high-speed internet was coming out so that you could actually do something productive online without having to wait half an hour for a picture to download. <laughs> you two will remember those days as well. Yeah, I'll dial up. <laughs> I still exactly. have those days some days. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, so we just, God gave us the idea to launch a website where people could come ask a question about the Bible. And truly, we thought, oh, this will be fun. It'll be something we do until God calls us to whatever real ministry he has for us. Well, little did we know that was the real ministry he was calling us to. So the last 20 years is watching God take what we thought would be a hobby and just exploding it into a hugely impactful ministry. Uh, you read some of the stats before, just 20 years of watching how many people have been to the website, how many millions of people come to the website every month, people coming to faith in Christ, people having their lives changed. Um, it's been super exciting to be a part of. And right now, if I were to write my dream ministry position, to be doing exactly what I do right now. I love to write. I love to research. I love engaging with people who have questions. It's so much easier to speak into someone's life when they ask you a question rather than you having to confront. So they're like coming to us, asking us questions, and that's exciting. Me personally, I mean, I love spending time with my wife. Um, we're both very active outdoors, love to hike, perfect place in Colorado. Love hanging out with our German Shepherd. I enjoy movies, enjoy sports, a um, little bit of everything, and what little free time we actually <laughs> find ourselves to have. So there's the long story short version. So does your wife help you when does she help you with the ministry? Yeah, she does. So M Melissa is the administrator of our site for kids, um, gqkids.org. She also manages a lot of our social media and she's an excellent writer and editor as well. So she works at got questions part-time and then does some freelance writing and editing work for Compassion International and Stonecroft Ministries and, and a few others. Kind well, of. I got to stop you right there. You have a That's... website for kids. What What is yeah, that I, site? Yeah. I had no idea. Yes. So the website is GQKids with a Z dot org. And it just kind of takes some of the answers that are on the, um, the main site and tries to, how do we communicate this to someone say in the third grade? Okay. And we have found in the about little over a decade that site has been around a lot more parents 
come to the site mm. and find out how in the world do I answer this question for my kid than actual kids visiting the site. So it's a bit of both, but that's not what we intended the site to be for, but that's also a very worthwhile use. So um we're yeah, what a great resource some, for parents. Words. Exactly. Yeah. So you said that you felt God leading you to start this. What what was the process and decide? I mean, what an incredible idea to have a website where people could just ask questions, anything they want, and they can be anonymous or mm-hmm. what was kind of the process in getting this started? Yeah. So you just mentioned the anonymous nature of it. And like I can't tell you how many times people have said, so I've had this question for a really long time. I've never felt had anyone I've felt comfortable asking. So the fact that we don't know them and they don't know us, a lot of times really frees people up to ask the questions they've always wanted to ask their pastor, but for whatever reason, they're embarrassed about it or they don't want to feel stupid, which is silly. We've all had these same questions at various right. times of our life. But um, yeah, the anonymity of it is is super powerful. But to your main question, I mean, it was a total God thing. Because again, we we didn't have any clue what we were doing. We'd never built a website before. And when we first launched it, all it was was like a one-page website with, hey, you have a question about the Bible? Ask us, we'll answer it. And then from there, like, wow, we've gotten the same question like a dozen times already. Maybe we should like, put an answer online. Start building up the website. So more and more of the FAQs are there. And, um, and that just resulted in it exploding now more and more people find us through the search engines than through like knowing the website itself. They just go to Google, search for something and got questions comes up near the top of the results quite a bit. Yeah, yeah that is true. Cause it, you type in a biblical question and you guys are usually in the top two that come up. Absolutely. That's our goal. And that's part of our outreach is we really view the search engines as a mission field. We want to both design our website and design write the articles so that they will do well in the search engines. Because if you're on page two, three, four, uh, very, very few people are going to find you. Yeah, it's not going to work. How fast did this grow for you? Like once you started, how fast did you get to the 700 and some thousand? When did you really know you were making that impact? Oh, wow. Um, So it was probably about six months after we launched it where it was starting to get enough traction. People were coming back, asking us questions again and again. We started having people finding us in the multitude of search engines that were around back then. And one day, someone emailed us and said, hey, I've asked you like 60-something questions that I've had, and you've answered each one and done such a great job. Like, I'd like to make a donation. Are, are you guys tax deductible? And I was like, What? <laughs> someone wants to give me money for this cool little hobby I'm doing. And so I was like, that, I mean, it seems strange that someone asking to donate was like a trigger in the sense of maybe this could be something bigger than what I was thinking originally. And so we went the route and became a registered nonprofit organization, all that stuff. And then probably about two years after that, the ministry had grown to the point where they could actually hire me as a full-time employee with a board of directors, making all the financial decisions and all that stuff. But, and once I could really dedicate myself to it full-time, that's really, really when it started to take off because then the number of articles 
on the site skyrocketed and our ability just to handle more questions and bring more people on as volunteers and eventually other employees. Um, it's been great seeing how God has grown the ministry at a pace that we could sustain. Because if you were to have told us 20 years ago, it'd be what it is now. I, we probably would have freaked out to the point that we'd have, we'd have been too scared to actually do it. That's why that. he took you baby steps, right? Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I we're on the site a lot. I was on last night just to look, and I saw that actually it said 703,351 703, questions were answered. So mm-hmm. we got to ask, how do you choose the questions you answer? And mm-hmm. what's the procedure when you answer them? Like, what's kind of the, do you have a way that you do it or? Sure. So the, on the homepage, the number of questions you see, there's a number of questions that have been personally submitted to us in terms of someone used our ask a question form and submit it and they receive a personal response. Um, I can't say the 703,000 different questions, but a lot of those have been the same questions over and over and over again. So this is an example. So say we average, say 150 questions a day that are submitted to us. Um, those questions go into our database. One of our employees, then the next day, looks at all the questions from the previous day, determines which ones we can use an article for, that we have an answer, but for whatever reason, they couldn't find it on the site, which ones are the really easy ones, which is, what's the Bible verse that says this, or something you can answer really, really quickly. And then with those two, maybe about half of them are left. So those questions will then be assigned to one of our volunteer writers. We have about... 200 volunteer writers. Oh my goodness. Answer all the questions we receive. And then when they answer the question, it comes back to the database into like a needing approval queue. And then one of our employees then reviews all the answers to make sure they're they're good, they're well written, they answer the question biblically. Not always do we have to agree with them 100%, but is this a good quality biblically based response? And then if it meets all that criteria, then we approve it. And then it goes back to the person who asked the question. And our average response time is 24 hours now. Wow. Some, some are shorter than that. Some are longer, but the average is just a little over 24 hours. That's quick. That's very quick. I would never have guessed 150 questions a day and over half of them would be something you already have there. That's amazing. Yeah. Even with the ones that aren't, there's, I mean, with over 8,000 frequently asked questions, we have content on even a lot of the ones that we decide to respond to personally, but often they're just different enough that the question doesn't fully answer. Sometimes we can use part of an article we have, but then we also need to tweak it and add more to it to make it fully apply to what the person's asking. So what are some of your most asked questions? Think of is anything controversial. Those are the most frequent questions we receive. And that makes sense because, I mean, if everyone agrees on something, there's not a whole lot of reason to ask a question about it. So think culturally relevant ones. A lot of questions about homosexuality, um, sex before marriage, um, relationship type issues. We get a lot of questions about whether women can serve as pastors or think, um, Life decisions like can a Christian get a tattoo, drink alcohol, gamble, um, those type of things. Um, even one as fun as like do pets go to heaven is very common, or 
around yeah. Easter, you get all the, where was Jesus for the three days between his death and resurrection? Why is Good Friday called good? You can imagine the questions we get around Christmas. But so a lot of controversial ones, a lot of seasonal ones, but um, really it's the whatever hot topic gets the culture, um, whatever, anytime there's a natural disaster, we'll get a ton of questions about why does God allow suffering, those type of things. Um, I, if a big event happens in the news, I can almost guarantee you tomorrow we're going to get a lot of questions about this and this and this and this, but that's due to 20 years of experience of watching these trends happen and seeing what the results are. Hmm. So that begs the question, have you ever had a question you couldn't answer? Of course. Um, And often the ones that we can't answer are the, why does God allow blank? Or why did God allow this and insert whatever terrible thing just happened to them? And it's like, I can speculate. I can give Bible verses that provide comfort. I can talk to you about why you should trust God, even when you don't understand why I allowed something, but I can't tell you why God allowed such and such. There are still some things that have happened in my life that I definitely don't know the answer to and that I just trust God. I don't like this. I don't know why you allowed this. I don't know what you want me to learn from this, but my trust for you has to be beyond my ability to understand. Um, so that's kind of the message we but yeah, even even beyond that question, some of the really tough theological ones where the Bible kind of gives you hints, points you in a direction, but doesn't actually explicitly answer, where we try not to go beyond what is written as much as possible. If you want us to speculate, we'll speculate, but we'll make it clear that we're speculating rather than giving you a, here's what the Bible says type of answer. One of the things that you alluded to was that you share the gospel on there. And I noticed one day, it took me a while, that God questions has answers to how do you go to heaven or how do you get right with God? So why don't you just share the gospel with us? Tell us about those questions and, um, you know, what people would find if they clicked on there. Sure. So I remember the first time someone submitted a question, and I think it was worded essentially, how can I know for sure I'd go to heaven when I die? And I remember um, my wife and I were living in a one bedroom apartment at the time. And I yelled out to Melissa, like, Melissa, can, can someone get saved on the internet? Hmm. Because it had never really dawned on us that got questions was going to be evangelistic. We didn't envisioned it as a discipleship but kind of a discipleship for new believers because new believers have tons and tons of questions. So of course we want to provide those answers, but then this was like a big eye opener. I was like, wow, so we're actually going to have unbelievers and seekers coming to the site. We make sure the gospel is front and center. So we now have, I think approximately 50 different articles that are just dedicated to presenting the gospel Mm. based on a different way of asking the question. So whether it's, how can I know for sure I'd go to heaven? Um, what does it mean to trust in Christ as your personal savior? Um, is there life after death? So how, how to get right with God? All these articles say the essential same thing, but just a different way of asking the question and sort of a different way of answering the question. Um, we just want to make it very clear, easy to understand on each of those pages. At the bottom, we'll, and there's a button saying, if because of what you've read here today, 
If you've made a decision to trust Christ as your savior, please click the button below to, to let us know. And then if they do that, they land on a page where kind of first steps for new believers, um, opportunity for them to engage in a live chat with our friends at needhim.org, where they really specialize in this sort of follow-up. Uh, we ask for their address so we can send them some discipleship stuff in the mail, any and every way we could possibly can to communicate to them, because we know God's call, the Great Commission, is to make disciples, not to make believers. See, making believers is the first step, but we don't want any, someone who's trusted in Christ or had a seed plan and to not have someone they can follow up with, follow up with. So we give every possible opportunity to contact us again. And we do have quite a few people who do follow up and will say, Hey, I, um, I, I trusted in Christ. I, I clicked on the button, but help me to understand what this truly means. And so that's exciting. I currently average around 8,000 people a month who oh make a profession of faith. So I have no idea how many of those are genuine first time decisions to receive Christ, but imagine if even 10% of those, right. That's a lot oh, of people. And how many people, is... how many people read one of the pages that presents the gospel, but never actually tells us anything and had a seed planted only for someone else to water and reap the harvest later. So we know God's using got questions in an evangelistic sense. We just don't know the scope of it. All we can do is kind of report. This is what people are indicating to us. And that's super exciting to, to know. That, we can answer is... all sorts of side issues and important issues, but if someone comes to our site and doesn't even have the opportunity to get the ultimate question answered, well, in a sense, we feel like we failed. So every article on Got Questions has at least two links somewhere on the page to one of the articles that presents the gospel. And that's almost always been the case because we want that ultimate question to be answered. Yeah, like I said, I didn't even know at first that your website had links to those kind of pages, and I'm thrilled. And the amount of people that click on it, that's just amazing. Mm-hmm. It, you it know, I can, I can almost picture God smiling when you and Melissa decide to start this little website just to answer a mm-hmm. few questions and, you know, him knowing what he had in mind for it. I mean, it is just amazing what he's done with it. Yeah. it, it is amazing. True. As like the verse in... I mean, I'm blanking on the reference, but um, God will do far beyond anything you can ask or imagine. That's yeah. that's one Always. of the verses we go back to again and again and again. Always. Yeah. I know Chris and I sometimes wake up and shake our heads saying, how could we be doing this? We love it so much and it's what we want to do more than anything else. Yeah. So he, God is it's good a- all the time. Mm-hmm. So Shay, I'm subscribed. I'm subscribed to your weekly newsletter from Got uh-huh. Questions. And anyone who isn't, I strongly recommend go on gotquestions.org, subscribe to the weekly question, the newsletter, because it's awesome. I get these questions in my mailbox. You know, this is the question this week. And it's like, oh, well, I never even thought about that. Hmm. So um, I wrote down a few recent ones because okay. I, I thought they were pretty cool. What is the significance of Mount Sinai? Does mm-hmm. it matter if I can't remember precisely when I was saved? Mm-hmm. That is a great one. Cause I think people think if they don't have a concrete testimony that they don't have a testimony. So I loved that question. Mm-hmm. Why are we told that not to let there be any divisions among us? Why is an open rebuke better than secret love? Yeah. And one that I admit I had to look up and I've been in this book a lot is who were Oreb and Zeb. And yeah. I was like, 
I recognize the names, but I don't know where they're from. Yeah. So have, you know, you said you get a lot of repeat questions. Have you ever had like a day or a week go by where you didn't get an original question? Oh, I, I don't know if you've ever even had a day. Like, and you commented earlier about how it surprises you that we're still getting like original questions now, but occasionally we'll get one. It's like, how have we never been asked this question before? How do we not already have an article on this? Like, surely we have an article on this and I'm searching the site. It's like, no, we don't like, and it's like, how are we missing it? But um, and those, those are exciting, especially when like, I'm at the point now that especially with questions that come in or articles that need to be written, I can pick and choose which ones I want to do. I mean, early on, it was like, I was really the only one doing most of the writing. So I'd write on everything, including the topics I really wasn't that interested in. And now it's like, Ooh, <laughs> I want, I want that one. Since I'm the boss, I can kind of pick and choose which ones, which ones I want to do and which ones I want to assign to someone else. But no, those are, they're super exciting because I love to be challenged. I love to research. I, I, I'm a learner. I love learning. And Melissa says I'm a glutton for punishment and that um, I'm still occasionally taking classes at seminary just to, Oh, that sounds like an interesting class. It's like, you're really going to punish yourself that much to learn? Like, <laughs> of course I am. But um, no, I, but I, I doubt we'll ever get to a point where there's not a unique question or at least a unique angle on a question that um, we've, to go an entire day without experience like that, something like that would really surprise me. What's your craziest question you received or some of your craziest? Yeah. So for fun, I'd invite your listeners to check out our YouTube channel and search for um, funny questions. We have a series of three or four videos where it just goes through a list of all the either misspellings or autocorrect fails that happen for people <laughs> questions on their YouTube. And it's hilarious. And in my office, I've got a board of all the most recent ones and just autocorrect is our worst nightmare in terms of <laughs> it takes a slight misspelling and turns it into something way worse than just leaving it as a misspelling. But um, craziest question of all time. It was fairly early on, probably about five years in, someone asked, I'll give you the condensed version, but is it wrong to take homeless people bowling and then gamble on which one of them is going to win? <laughs> and it's and at first you think, oh, that's not a legitimate question. But the longer version of it was essentially some young guys, um, they were believers just, just for fun. They would literally do this. They'd pick up homeless people, pay for them to bowling and buy them a meal. But then they would, not knowing which of them is the better bowler, would just bet on this competition. And we're like, one, you have like way too much time on your hands. <laughs> yes. Two, yes. like buying them a meal. That's great. I guess even paying for them to be entertained by bowling. <laughs> it's good too, but using people for entertainment, uh, even if they're willing, not good. Is that something Jesus would do to the least of these? I don't think so. And then you might have a gambling problem if you, <laughs> you have yeah, to go to this, <laughs> this length to find a way to scratch your gambling itch. Yeah. That's, I think, the craziest question we've ever received. That's not anything like I would have expected you to answer. It's really funny. Yeah. 
Yeah, which scripture do you go to to begin to answer that? <laughs> oh. I mean, it's it's one obviously the Bible does not say thou shalt not take homeless people bowling yeah. and gamble on them, <laughs> but lots of the scriptures with principles of yeah, like I guess that um the Bible warns against gambling, the love of money, the Bible gives us instructions on how to treat people. And I don't know if using using people for entertainment, whether they're willing participants. I don't know if that's really the best use of our time and energy and how we treat people. So those sorts of principles that apply, but yeah, sometimes it's it's pretty tough. It's when you have to go, okay, the Bible doesn't talk about this, but using my best, hopefully biblically informed discernment, here's what I think the Holy Spirit wants me to say. Using the implicit, using the explicit to explain the implicit, right? That's what R.C. Sproul always said. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing this series, Real Truth About False Teaching, for 15 weeks now. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. can you advise any of our listeners, and we actually have quoted, got questions on a couple of the episodes we found answers mm-hmm. to, but how could they find out the truth on a false teaching on your website? For example, one of the episodes was on Latter-day Saints. Okay. So if someone said, well, I want to know more if Latter-day Saints are Christian because they say they're Christian. Mm-hmm. So can you kind of like walk people through just using that as an example. If I wanted to find out our Latter-day Saints Christians, I get on your website, what do I do? Yeah. So we receive, it's not like a major aspect, but we do receive quite a few questions from people who are wondering, these people came and knocked on my door. Or I have a friend who's a Mormon, or I have a friend who's a Jehovah's Witness. And that's, so we do have a whole section on questions about cults and false religions. Um, Mormons, uh, probably the most frequent um, questions. So if you go to the site, if you just type in on in the search, Mormons or Latter-day Saints or Mormonism, a whole long list of different articles will come. One of those, I think our articles actually phrased are Mormons Christians rather than our Latter-day Saints, but it's the same group of people where we kind of explain, okay, here's what Mormons believe. Here's what it means to actually be a Christian. And here's why those two things are incompatible, that they may be Christian in the sense that, that they are following who they believe Christ to be, but they're not Christian in the historical biblical sense of what a true follower of the true Jesus Christ as presented in the scriptures is. So in terms of having a Christian morality, generally speaking, yes, but in terms of being a Christian as you're trusting in the true Jesus Christ as your savior. No, they are not. But, um, and we're very careful to, in our articles on Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses, to use their statements. Here's, here's what the Book of Mormon says they should believe, or here's what official statements from the Mormon church. So it's not just us saying this. And it's amazing how many times we'll have Mormons say, oh, I don't believe that. I've been a Mormon my whole life. No one's ever taught me that. It's like, well, mm. uh, the founders of your religion believe these things. So you need to do a better job of examining what actually your religion has historically taught rather than just kind of the Mormons have done a really good job at hiding their beliefs behind evangelical Christian terminology. So it really sounds like they believe the same way that we do until you really dig in. 
Yes, it does. And they even claim to be Christians now, which they didn't used to do. Well, one of the most interesting things about Mormons, in my experience, is when Joseph Smith had these supposed visions, um, he came out and said that the all the Christian religions are hopelessly corrupt. I'm here to restore what Christianity should have been. And now Mormons are saying, no, we believe exactly the same as Christians. So I'm like, <laughs> well, yep. which is it? Your founder said we were hopelessly corrupt. And now you're saying you believe right. exactly the same as we do. So, And that's what we've seen in all the false teachings that we've looked at. We looked at so many different things is that they contradict themselves and they fall apart as soon as you start following them through. But exactly. so for any subject, they could go on your website and type in, in the search engine, yeah. whatever they're mm-hmm. looking for. The easiest way to browse the site is to use the search. Just think of it just like a Google search, except for you're only searching on got questions, anything related to the Bible and theology. I mean, we've got, I think we're approaching 8,300 articles now. So we've got articles on the vast majority of topics that people ask us about, whether it's cults, whether it's theology, whether it's life issues, whether it's marriage or parenting or um, apologetics, the, lots of articles there. Because over 700,000 questions in 20 years, we have a pretty good idea of the type of questions that most people are asking. And so we try to be prepared with articles on those topics so they don't have to submit a question and then even wait the 24 to 48 hours for a, a personal response. We'd rather have them get their answer instantly. So you've had 20 years or more teaching people truth. Tell us in your own words why it's so important for people to know the truth and not just about the Bible, but about everything. For example, why knowing who Oreb and Zeb are is important, even though it won't affect your salvation. Speak to us about the truth. Why is it so important? In terms of why it's important to know the truth in general, I, one of my favorite verses, I'm sure you two are very familiar, First Peter 3.15 to always be ready to give an answer to anyone asked for the reason to the hope that you have. And then don't forget the second part, but do this with gentleness and respect. And so those are our goals that got questions. We want to be prepared to give an answer for why we believe, not just believe in Jesus as our Savior, but also believe that the Bible is the inerrant authoritative word of God. But we also want to answer the questions with gentleness and respect. But then if we believe that the Bible is the word of God, then we believe everything in scripture, if nothing else has principles that we can learn from. So um, who are Oreb and Zeb, two individuals in the time of Gideon, they were the leaders of the Midianite tribes that Gideon conquered or kicked out of the promised land, so to speak. And there's things we can learn from that story that can apply to our lives today. So we try to, okay, here's who these two men are and here's why it's important. And here's what we we can take from that story and apply to our lives. It's it's kind of the approach we take where obviously this is not a question that it's not salvation critical, but it does have impact on other parts of the story. And everything in scripture has a purpose, even parts of the old Testament where Jesus fulfilled the law. So some these commands don't apply to us today, but we can learn from why God commanded these certain things at that time period to this certain people. And there's definitely principles there that we can learn to apply to our walk with Christ today. Absolutely. 
So what what's in the future for Got Questions? Anything coming up? Anything? You guys have any other plans or? Sure. So I mean, two big areas we're really focusing on now is video. So um, YouTube is the number two search engine in the world behind Google, um, by far, by a wide margin. More people are going to YouTube and doing their searches there than anywhere Google other than Google. Google owns both, right? So they yeah, wait exactly. <laughs> Um, so we've got, um, I think approaching 600 videos on YouTube where we, some of them are just us basically reading the got questions article, but with video footage to go along with it. Um, and that's a definitely growing part of the ministry right now. And then also translating got questions content into other languages. We are online in 185 different languages right now. Wow. And there's a few more that we want to target. But it's getting more of our articles translated into these languages. So our second biggest language is Spanish with approaching, I think approaching 2,500 articles. So you think about it, 8,300 in English, 2,500 in Spanish. That's another over 5,000 articles to go. Not every single one would need to be translated into Spanish, but most of them should. So trying to get more and more content in these languages because it's not just people who speak English who have questions. And in most other languages in the world, they have far fewer resources than we do in English. So just providing this opportunity where someone can go to gotquestions.org forward slash Espanol and browse the content that way, or in go to the Spanish version of Google and search for things in Spanish and find our website just like people do in English. So those are probably the two biggest areas where we're focusing on right now. But even with that said, we still have a list of over probably over a thousand articles that we want to add to got questions. Just as we were talking about earlier, different angles on a question or different, not super important issues, but issues that we know some people are searching on Google for. So we want to be there with an answer for that. So that we can bring them into got questions on the who are Orib and Zeeb, and hopefully then they will search and study some of the more important questions or even click on the link to one of the gospel pages and have the ultimate question answered. So that's kind of our strategy for why we write articles on all these side issues, not super important issues, hoping that we can funnel them into getting the more important questions answered. That's fantastic. Now, how many languages do you answer questions in? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just English. And, And that only with my stuff being edited by our team of excellent editors who Take what I say reasonably well and hopefully make it even better. But no, our translation teams are excellent. Um, We've got actual teams in 15 different languages where you can actually submit a question to us in Spanish or Portuguese or French or Chinese. And we have someone who actually answers those questions. But um, even just getting the content in those languages, I mean, I know very little Spanish and a very little German, but nowhere near enough to actually be able to converse with someone in either of those languages. Yeah. You do a great job in English. So (laughs) (laughs) we thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to tell everyone about got questions, anything we could look for? You have a YouTube channel, I'm assuming. So people Mm -hmm. can subscribe to the channel. They can. Um, You mentioned the question of the week email. It encourages us a really good way to um, get ministry updates as well. Occasionally if we launch something new, um, we have um, apps for, 
iPhone and Android were. Oh, I didn't know you had an app. The entire got collection of got questions articles in an app that even if you weren't online, once you download it, it's there. Um, all the content ready for you. Um, we do have some other sites. So in addition to, we mentioned the kids site earlier, gqkids.org. We have 412teens.org from First Timothy 412, which is do not anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example in love, faith, purity. Um, we have a site for, um, um, so it's bibleref.com. It's actually our second biggest site behind that questions where we found so many people go to Google and search for what does John 3.16 mean? What does Philippians 4.12 mean? And we didn't feel like we needed to have those type of articles on got questions. So we actually launched a separate site where it's our goal to have an article on every single verse of the Bible. So anytime anyone searches for one of these, what does John 3.16 mean? They will find a Bible ref article and Bible ref has been really been growing the last few years and averaging over um, 5 million page views a month. So th- that wow. size is really growing. We're about a third of the way through the Bible in terms of having an article on every single verse in the Bible. Oh my goodness. How many people that's work on that? Um, one employee and a really good team of excellent writers. So it's, but it's time. There are 31,170 something verses in the Bible. So even being 10,000 verses the way through, there's still a lot to be done, but we're excited to see um, if you search for on a lot, most of the New Testament, anything, what does this Bible verse mean? You will find a Bible ref article near the top of the site. So we're excited to see God using BibleRef.com similar to how he's using Got Questions. So it's Bible Ref, R-E-F? Bible, R-E-F.com. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. We're going to put all these links on our website when we run this uh, video for the week. And yeah, so we'll get them and make sure we have them all right. And we'll put them on our website, Proverbs910Ministries.com. So, thank you. Yeah, it's, we thank you so much for being here. Now, every time that we quote you or say, hey, got questions, answers this this way. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a face now or a voice if you're just listening yes. <laughs> to equate with it. We yes. we just, you were talking about Jehovah's Witnesses. We just cited you on Jehovah's Witnesses episode a couple of weeks ago. Yes, so we, did. we know we appreciate the resource to have there. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's an encouragement to, to me and to the entire God Questions team to meet people like you who we know there's millions of people using the site, but actually hear like firsthand testimonials of people. Well, I have really found it useful in this, or you helped me with this. That's, that's extra blessing to put some faces behind some of the numbers. Well, it's a blessing to us. It's a blessing to us. And it's been a blessing ever since we've been doing this. So we thank you so, so much for coming on. And it's been great talking to you. Yep. And remember, we'll have all those sites. Subscribe to all the stuff. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks, Shay. Thank you. Thank you. Have a blessed day, everyone.